Hello, and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. Today on the show, we will sit down to discuss Renegade Legion, Legionnaire. It's one of those sci-fi things where everyone in the future is all kinds of like super excited about some nonsense from what is already our own distant past. And there's, you know, some space travel and stuff. It's made by Fossa. It's kind of trying to get worked up about this. It's a, it's a game. You, you can play it if you want you know, with dice. It's System Mastery. And welcome back to the show after that fine music that we played. Mm, that delicious, delectable, fine selection of pre-made music for your listening pleasure. What you've heard 121 times, probably. It's been in your ear holes, and now it's selected for you. You know, most podcast songs have been in your ass, my ass. In your ass. I, what I do is I take every podcast song that someone gives me as change, and I put it up my ass, and then I, I use it for a podcast later, and, and I you, just, you know what, just just watch that show. Just watch Upright Citizens Brigade. That's, just do that. Thanks. It's a great show, and it's way better than anything we make. Yeah, that's true. And even though they haven't made it in years, I mean, just watch the episode where the guy says he had the title role in Star Wars. Yeah. Just do that. Have fun. You know what? Uh, we're done. Thanks for listening today. <laughs> that's it. We're good. That's our whole review. Yep. Go that's... watch Upright Citizens Brigade. So I'm Jeff. That's John. How are you? I'm all sleepy. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the listeners. How are you, listeners? They're well, all sleepy. Oh, okay. Every are last sp- one of them. Speaking on behalf of the listeners? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, John, it sounds like you're all sleepy. Why, man? Don't burp on the mic. What are you doing? I'm, I'm yeah. going to have to remove that now. You're not going to have to remove anything. Jeez. But people need to know. Oh, people are going to be really... People get all kinds of crazy if they hear chew noises and stuff like that. Yeah, well, They're I wasn't gonna, chewing. I was burping. Yeah, now now I'm going to get all these letters from people who are like... All of these letters. Like handwritten. handwritten letters. Complain. They'll be like, dear sir and or madam. Dear Systems Mastery, I was listening to your podcast and a, a gentleman made a burping noise. What is this barbaric type of thing you're putting out here? The children listen. The children. That's true. And and the, the gentleman in question has already been fired. Yeah. He's been replaced. John, you're fired. I'm sorry, but you burped on Mike, so... You gotta be let go. Yeah, but anyway, before you leave forever and never be on the show again, yeah. which I think we both understand is what's gonna happen yeah, now. Yeah, obviously. This uh, is my last episode this now. Last, you wanna go ahead and discuss Renegade Legion, Legionnaire, a real crap, boring book to go out on, I, oh, mu- yeah, I must just say. just a real stinker of a last episode. It's not, it's not the worst book in the world, but it just... It didn't flame my passions in any way in particular. No, nor should it, really. Yeah. No, it's so... So what are we talking about here? Made by Fossa, the company that made Shadowrun. Ooh. Uh, it's called Renegade Legion Legionnaire. It's from 1990. It is very clearly part of a set of some board games. Yeah, there are a few names that they drop on here. Interceptor, Centurion, and Legions, I want to say. I forget. Yeah. Maybe that's, the third one might not be right. But... Uh... The, a few of them I know I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, okay, no, I've I've definitely seen like this board game somewhere. Yeah, and I think all three of those are board games of various types. I'm, I'm assuming they're just up the scale 
of the conflict in each one. It's like this one's about flying fighters and this one's about commanding, you know, whole battleships and so oh, well, on. I, my assumption is honestly that it's uh, like the old Avalon Hill war games where you have a bunch of little fucking squares of paper that are yeah 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 it could like, be this that. is one a and this is this legion and then here's one b well I, i'm afraid we didn't do any any unnecessary research because nope, just what's in the book research poisons the whole process yeah if i were to research anything i would die yeah no we have to take everything we read in these books as a jeroboam of faith <laughs> what faith take it on faith also take it on faith that jeroboam is a word it is. I just don't remember if that's the right context for it. <laughs> I know that it's a word. Yeah, I'm sure it's a word. I can spell it for you. I can win a spelling bee. I can definitely win a spelling bee. I can the go- only word that I have to spell is Jeroboam. <laughs> <laughs> and by God, I'll yeah, win. I can, I can spell several other words. All right. Yeah. Then spell iridosaclitis. Uh, I'm pretty sure I can. I don't want to, though. Okay. Does it start with an yeah, I? That's... That's the best way to get out of a spelling bee. <laughs> All right, can you spell iridosaclitis? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I could. I don't want to, though. Oh, well, very good. We'll Start. trust you. We're doing a spelling bee on the honor system. Well, it's their fault for saying could you and not just telling me to. Yeah. If it had been, your word is iridosaclitis. If, if they had gone, if they had been like, please spell iridosaclitis, I'd be like, I'd prefer not to. <laughs> Thank you, I'll pass. However, I would like to hear you use it in a sentence. I would love that. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. This person needs to spell iridosaclitis. <laughs> Man, I, I was in a spelling bee in sixth grade, and the use it in a sentence thing consistently returned to bullshit answers like that, where they'd be like, uh, the, the word you found in the dictionary today is iridosaclitis. <laughs> like, God damn it. That's not what I mean. You need to use it in context. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Iridosaclitis, when used in context, is a powerful word. <laughs> it's powerful. God damn it. Yeah, I uh, I still won, though, because fuck that game. Fuck spelling in general. Fuck spelling. Fuck spelling. I own that shit. Yeah, spelling. That's where I shine. <laughs> I'm a Viking at spelling. I'm the best at fucking spelling, and you can get out. <laughs> get the fuck out I remember of being real way. proud of that. Like, when I was in fifth and sixth grade, that I was really that I would win spelling bee competitions, and I fucking cared. Now I'm like, eh, who cares? I never cared about anything and still don't. Nihilism. That's the theme of today's episode. Yep, that's so, right. So this Even game- as a fourth grader, I was like, what is this? Some sort of pizza party? You know, we'll all return to dust someday. <laughs> you smug shit. <laughs> uh, oh, I missed that. I missed the incentive system where you'd get stars that would lead to ice cream and or pizza parties. Right. You'd be like, oh, you did a good job. You didn't get any demerits or whatever this week. You get a draw from my giant box of shit from the Oriental Trading Company. Oh, dude. I could get a bouncy ball or a little finger puppet. Oh, I want a glider so bad. You get a little glider. Gliders are the only thing I cared about when I was a child. Gliders and spelling correctly <laughs> that's it it's spelling gliders correctly yeah yeah and and being allowed back into my house <laughs> which you weren't i was never that was never a thing yeah that's why you cared about it so much i slept on a pile of gliders <laughs> like viciously like a, defending them from other feral neighbor children like a dragon on his horde uh, a pile of gliders was what jeff <laughs> slept upon a pile of gliders was my bed and los angeles's torrance neighborhood was my domi- demeans <laughs> my demeans uh-huh it's a word take it on a jeroboam of faith <laughs> i'm loving this episode a lot so this game came out in 1990 yep 
Uh, and it feels like that. It's got that sense of late 80s, early 90s where they were like, well, we got to give them every possible conceivable rule for minor nonsense that might happen. And then, you know, in their rush to do that, they forgot to tell you what you would do. Well, it's especially bad in a game like this where the basic premise is essentially you are someone in one of like three different uh, army groups. Mm-hmm. So you can be in like the Commonwealth or the Royal Navy or, or the Tog. Ugh. The Tog, John. I forgot what it stands for again. It's the Terran Overlord Government. Oh, okay. It's called the Tog in the game, and it takes a long time before they tell you what it stands for. Yeah, you have to get to the back of the book mm-hmm. when they start describing what each different faction is. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we should probably tell you what Tog stands for. Yeah, they sure haven't for the first 115 pages or yeah, so. Yeah, you've just been looking at things. It's like, oh, you could be part of the Tog Navy. And I'm like, the what? The huh? So the Tog basically is the Roman Legion one. Because that's the first thing we really, man, man, can we talk about that first? Is that okay? Do you want do something else? We can else? talk about anything you want, man. All right, great. So We ain't need to go linear in this book. We can jump around all we want. So, okay, my favorite game on the Dreamcast was probably Skies of Arcadia. Was it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it was probably Marvel Cap 2. Marvel Cap 2 was pretty good on the Dreamcast. You're not wrong. Yeah. But the thing, the thing is, that's why, I mean, Skies of Arcadia used to be kind of exclusive to the Dreamcast, and that's why I liked it there. Same with, like, Cannon Spike. And yeah, you know what I didn't like, though, is Shenmue. Shenmue was trash. Because that was a garbage game for idiots. I mean, it it, it definitely was important. It's an important stepping stone game. Yeah, it was game. important that it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't want to pet a cat and buy a little toy and then pet a cat again? And yeah, then... it's like, oh, I need to avenge the death of my father. Let me spend 12 hours fucking dicking around in this little town. I learned <laughs> how to drive a forklift. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> Anyway, that's me hating on things. Yeah, that that's good. I'm and I'm sorry. I, he was, I, I I don't blame you for giving me a uh, full free reign to talk about whatever. So I started talking about Dreamcast games, but but I'll go back to the actual RPG we're supposed to review now. All right. So this game has a real strong Romans are great bend to it, which I assume was part of the whole uh, whole theme behind the board games that came before it. Well, so I- one of the three factions is basically everything's Rome. We're back to ancient Rome. Yeah. And I, I mean, we've discussed this before. It comes up a lot during movie mastery things because you'll see in like sci-fi movies where, uh, the trope of whether it's like Cisco or anyone else is like, what are you? Oh, I'm obsessed with old timey nonsense from something. Yeah. He's, he's obsessed with like pre 1975 baseball. Yeah. Which is like, what happened in the ensuing 400 years between then and now? Do you have any interest in any fucking sport that happened prior to when the audience would have remembered it? No, no, there was nothing good then. That's why I only remember the Yankees. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. You had a very brief point where they were like, oh, yeah, now let me tell you about like the 2170 something whatevers and you're like oh okay good Mm -hmm. you do at least know that baseball continued past us the point where humans that currently live know yeah but But that's but every character on star trek has some obsession that can be tracked to roughly the era when the show was made oh yeah it's like boy i sure do love like musicals from the 1960s why yeah what's go why would you like that that's like me saying boy guys i sure do like the works of caravaggio that's what I'm into. That's my very specific thing. It's all I know about and all I do. I go on the holodeck and I talk to Caravaggio. <laughs> uh, and it's even worse when you're talking about like this. This takes place in the 6600s. Mm-hmm. 
So, so four thousand like years for us, we're like, oh yeah, man, four thousand years ago, no one gives a shit what was happening four thousand years ago, and to then say, oh yeah, and four thousand years from now, they'll give a shit what was happening four thousand years ago from us. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rome's about two thousand well, years yeah, ago. I know. I mean, if you were like. Yeah, I'm super into the civil architecture works of the Pharaoh Hot Shepsut. Yeah, that's all I care about. And I I know that there are people out there that are like, oh, yeah, I'm an Egyptologist or whatever. And I do actually give a fuck about that. But mm-hmm. to be like, oh, yeah, the entirety of humanity was like, boy, you know what I love is Rome. It's the year 6450. And what I give a fuck about is the glories of Rome. So there's a story in the book here. And God, we are way... The, the, I, I don't think we're going to generate a, to- a, a uh, episode about a book where people could actually picture the book in their minds. Eh, it's fine. But it's okay. There's a story in the back of the book about what happened to humanity. And at a certain point, they got conquered by two of the seven alien species that are present here in the book, uh, the Kesrith and the Su- Sor- Sora? Sora. The Sora. Thank you. The Sora. Uh, the Sora definitely used their keyblades real good, just messed up yeah, humanity. Yeah, they got conquered by the Sora and the Goofy. They got <laughs> the Sora and, and their evil half, the Roxas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there was... A horrible plague that killed off about 80% of humanity. Yeah, called so they the had, cold. They had already gone like throughout the stars and established an empire, mm-hmm. but then because almost everyone died, these other people came in and just took all their shit. So while we're all hanging out in slave breeding pens with almost mo- most of humanity dead, everyone's spending all their time, according to this book, reminiscing about the glory days of Earth's greatest power, when they were in ancient Rome and the Raj. Yeah, I straight had to stop and be like, the fuck did you just say? Do you say the two things that humanity in the year 6400 mm-hmm. are caring about for human history instead of the previous galactic empire that they ruled over mm-hmm. is Rome and England being assholes in India. Yeah, specifically the rise of British colonialism was their whole like, ah, yes, remember that? Remember when we used to be able to march into any territory we wanted and boss around the brown people there until they sold us all their spices and tea? Yeah, you remember how great it was when we could just go to some place where people who didn't look exactly like us could be enslaved and, oh, wait, that's what's happening to us. Oh, the bitter irony. Oh, well, luckily, they seem to have dropped the Raj as a fun era to build all their spaceships based on and stuck entirely with ancient Rome. Well, yeah, because the dude who came to super prominence had the last name of Trajan, mm-hmm. which is a Roman guy. Uh-huh. So he he was like a TV show host who filmed battles. between. He basically made Colosseum-style battles between he, like space fighters. He was an old like brigadier or general or whatever from mm-hmm. the old empire. Yeah. And so he would set up like TV episodes of mock battles or aerial fights or things like that. And they got so popular that he just started making his own fucking legions and shit and he became the emperor. Yeah, like the... Uh, like the Sora and the Kesrith or whatever were like, oh, people are apparently less uh, upset and fighty on colonies where we show this program. Mm -hmm. So they were like, oh, we fucking love this because it means we don't have as many rebellions. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, whatever you want, my dude. My dude, if you need more equipment to make better, cooler shows, you can have it. And they just sort of inadvertently ended up funding a revolution. (laughs) So I kind of like that as a story concept, but... The whole ancient Rome thing, it just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, I don't know why. He was like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, The thing that'll really get the people pumped is if I 
make this guy in a super cool space sci-fi fighter jet dress up like a Roman legionnaire. Yeah. Why? I hope it's the specific type of ancient Rome worship where everyone has stiff British accents uh. in, in their mind. Like, how do Roman people speak? Ah, they speak like this, old chum. Like, and, and also where all the statuary is just white because the paint washed off it 2,000 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's even shit where it's like, ah, let us show you our Colosseum. You're like, you realize you... You just made this a crumbling thing like it was the modern-day Coliseum. You, this didn't used to look like that. It used to be a normal building. <laughs> I mean, that was... Let's see. Gladiator made the mistake of having all the statuary stay white. Yeah. Like the movie Gladiator. When they went through Rome, it was all these like gleaming marble statues. And it, people were like, you know they painted those, right? They, that, wasn't, they, that wasn't just white. They, yeah. The paint fell off because it didn't last a thousand years. Yeah. But they were... They were very vibrantly painted in the time that this would, when Russell Crowe would have been wandering ancient Rome. Oh yeah, you'd see that shit, and it would look like the Joker got a hold of it. Yeah, it looked it looked great. It uh, would say "gang weed" on it, and then <laughs> gamers rise up. Yeah, and we're real mad about Diablo Immortal. It would on those things. It would say "we live in a society," and it would really make you think. <laughs> yeah, you participate in society. Hmm, I'm, I'm very smart. <laughs> All right, so what do you do in this game? Uh, generally, you make a soldier in one of those three aforementioned military units. How do you do that? Well, there's a variety of statistics to talk about. I believe there are six core statistics. Yeah, you get... Uh, there might actually be more. There's a fucking shitload of things you do. But everything is either uh, point by, which is nice that it's in there, Yeah. or you roll 2d10 for your stats. Yes, yeah, you can either roll 2d10 or, or, or uh, point by. Point by would give you the ranges if you had mostly 10s, um, if you use the standard array that they provide you with. Uh, the stats are agility, charisma, constitution, dexterity. These are sounding really familiar so far. Uh, IQ and luck. And strength. And, uh, and speed and strength. And speed and strength. And speed and strength. And uh, then there's some subjective attribu attributes as well. So those stats all range between 2 and 20. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you are doing point by, you can't go higher than 17 in a stat. Mm -hmm. So the only way to get the super upper ranges of things is to try and roll for it. Yeah. One of the things that makes it pretty notable that this game's or, or uh, noticeable rather that this game is from the from the very early 90s, late 80s, is that they then launch into what they call secondary attributes, which include name, allegiance, career path species, sex, and physical description. Yeah. So what your character looks like is an attribute in the game. Sure, why not? Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. You don't roll on it or anything. You just make yourself a Roman-looking guy. Yeah, it's with, just according shit to the art, would be um, descriptions is now called attributes for some reason, but mm -hmm. whatever, I don't care. Yeah, so between 2 and 20 for all those stats, they, they renamed everything attributes, and then it starts getting arcane. You have to do all these calculations where you add two stats together and divide them by six to come up with a value of another stat and so on. Yeah, you get all of your derived stats because God knows you can't have an RPG from this era without a bunch of derived stats. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there are hit locations. There are variable amounts of health in each one of those hit locations. Uh, it's very much the product of this was part of a technical board game. Man... We aren't even there yet, but I really want to talk about that whole hit location. Hey, thing. man, we're jumping around today. This is a nonlinear review. You're going to have to listen to this episode in a weird order that Wikipedia will figure out. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, this episode was directed by Quentin Tarantino, and it's out of order. Yeah, it's all it's all nonsense. It's all jumbled together. Yeah, it's like, it's like Memento. <laughs> hey, honey bunny. <laughs> Except that we have motivations that don't rely on our wives dying. <laughs> Uh, it's like Christopher Nolan movies, except no one's wife is dead. 
<laughs> yeah, system mastery. It's like Christopher Nolan if he had any concept of human emotion. <laughs> but yeah, there's a point in this where it talks about the hit locations, and the only time it really does in combat is they're like, oh, if you are the subject of an aimed shot, mm -hmm. then you have to roll to see where you hit. Yeah. And mostly that just tells you whether you do extra damage. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you take you, double if you get hit in some squishy bits. Yeah, if you get hit in the head, it's triple. And then if you get hit in, like, the neck or the groin or some shit like that, then it's double. And, and honestly, it doesn't matter, because almost every gun in the game does enough damage to kill you anyway. Yeah, but... You know, maybe you've got super ultra armor, and you're like, "Ooh, I, it might be." Maybe you're in a punch 'em ups. If you're if you're getting into a nice little dust up with your fistos, then then there you go. And your kit fistos. Most of the time, though, you're just going to be getting uh, regular damage because it's a two d twenty roll, and I think it's only like on two and twenty you get triple, and then on like three through four and it's a two d ten and roll. nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And the only other time that, that all that stuff about hit location seems to crop up in the book is when you're dividing up damage when you get caught in vacuum. But Although I, I didn't even finish. Yeah. Because... I'm sorry. The point of that is there is no thing for doing aimed shots. That's right. There's no way to aim your shots. It says it, that if you aim a shot, this is what you do, but there is no rule on how to do an aimed shot. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting book. It's very There's a lot of weird stuff in here. So once you've got your statistics, then you need to go build yourself a career path. Uh, in this game, you it's one of those games like Traveler where you start at a certain age and then you start rolling for your career development in life. Now, I normally love this in a game. Because sure. when you give me a bunch of stupid charts and it's like, here, have random things happen and goofy nonsense in your background. And I'm like, oh, great. I love to uh, incorporate random nonsense into what I was already thinking and mm -hmm. it can make me change stuff. And I... I enjoy that. Yeah, no, that's kind of fun. I, I like it when it's a little more, uh, well, I, I guess the thing we should say here is the reason that John probably doesn't love it in this game is because it's astonishingly boring. It's so bad. Like, I, I don't mean, know if I could write that boring on purpose. And it feels like they are because so many of the, especially because it's a 2D10 and it's got this curve. Yeah, they know the bell curve, so they put the boring stuff in the middle and the interesting stuff on the ends. So you'll most of the time that you're rolling, you'll get things like, Boy, howdy, it was a boring year, and you'll get just, like, plus one to a uh, skill, and that's it. The Navy famously has the motto of hurry up and wait, unofficially. In this year, it was way more wait than hurry up. You get plus one physical attribute. Like, the whole thing is just riddled with these, nothing happened, oh well, and you get plus one to a skill. Uh-huh. And that... Oh, and you, you get a year or two older. Yeah. Because every time you roll on this, it's basically the, what happened this year? Yeah. Nothing. What happened this year? Nothing. And then if you roll like a two, it's like, with an amazing ability, you pulled the brass's fat out of the fire from a hair-raising situation. Because the... But that's the, not a good story, though. The way you make it is you have to pick like what you're going to do uh, package-wise. You have like skill packages. Oh, I always pick what I'm going to do package-wise, John. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm always thinking about what I'm going to do package-wise. Exactly. I'm going to ship UPS. <laughs> System Mastery, brought to you by UPS. Folks, definitely use UPS to ship us interesting things. Not, can, not books, just whatever you find. What can Brown do for you? They can have you ship me stuff. Yeah, just stuff. We don't care, as long as it comes UPS. Yeah, just send me like, I don't know, your old stuffed animals. I don't give a shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> Send me your brother's clothes. Don't don't ask permission and don't use clothes he doesn't wear anymore. <laughs> Go into his closet, mm-hmm. get his nicest shirt, and send it to us. Just get all of his shirts and send them to me. All uh, the uh, shirts, but leave the pants. Yeah, that, leave him very confused when you ship all of your brother's shirts to System Mastery <laughs> using UPS. Uh, anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. the, uh, the whole skill system is you're going to pick something you want to do. And a lot of them have stat requirements, so it's like if you want to be a uh, like an officer, then the, you have to have a high IQ and a yeah. high agility for some reason. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's career paths that are available based on what your stats are, uh, and obviously the 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 higher rank ones are just better. Now, in addition to that, you will then randomly determine within that field, whatever you picked, what your rank is. Mm-hmm. And you have to, when you roll on the table of what happened during my years, some of them will have, like, plus one to rank or plus two to rank or whatever. And you need to reach as many rank points Mm -hmm. in those rolls as you need rank points for whatever you rolled randomly for your rank. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, sure. So let's say you're a lieutenant, and that means you need a rank of six. That means you need to keep rolling randomly on that what happened over the course of my career chart until you get a rank of six, at least. If you get a rank of seven or eight, it just stays at six. Yeah, I mean, and you could randomly roll to be like, oh, I have to go roll on table C. Oh, I rolled plus nine to rank. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm still whatever I rolled randomly for my like actual physical rank. I believe we determined that in order for the plus nine to rank one that you can get to matter, you need to have rolled 20s in three of your attributes. Well, yeah, because there is a chance that you can be like straight up a brigadier general in the Navy. Yeah. And you need like 29 rank points for that. Yeah, which a normal character starts with like six or seven rank points. But it is theoretically possible to to start the game as an old... The, the, the admiral in charge of a of a big ass battleship. Yeah, you're like if I got a twenty IQ, a twenty luck, uh-huh. and I rolled twenty for my rank, then boy howdy, if I also rolled that my family is from a prestigious background, yeah, then I can possibly be a brigadier general to start the game. But then that begs the question of what we were talking about earlier: What do you do in this game? Because if I roll and I'm like, dude, I'm a brigadier general of the navy, and someone else is like, I'm. I'm a lieutenant. What the? How do we interact? Like, bring what is me this apples, boot. <laughs> yeah, like there's no point where you two would interact ever. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's weird that it's all randomly rolled. I mean, thankfully it's all bell curve rolled as well, so it's really unlikely that you roll a, a, a brigadier general. It's just weird that they included that top end line because it doesn't it doesn't generate a playable character really. Yeah, I mean, even if you are doing something, because they suggest like, oh, if you're going to have a party of people, all be from the same thing. So you yeah. aren't going like, hey, I'm in the Royal Navy. Oh, well, I'm in the fucking Tog Navy. Okay, well, we don't exist together. We fight each other. We fight. We fight. We fight and fight and fight. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what would happen in that situation. Uh, so you've determined how old you are by rolling over and over again on that one chart. There's always a chance when you're rolling on that chart that you might get wounded. Uh, if you do, then your character starts with less hit points or with a debilitated arm injury or something. Oh, yeah, you could start out and be like, what is this? Oh, my character has a robot arm because my arm fell off. And you're like, oh, okay, weird, but I, okay. Sometimes these kind of, these types of roll things are fun, but sometimes I feel like this is the stuff you should be playing. You know, like, what happened this year? Oh, we went off and had a cool adventure, and my character lost his arm and got a cool robot arm, and it's like, I would like to have 
that should have been on screen. Yeah, that, that it's weird that all that happened off screen. It's weird that my character starts at 47 because I, I uh, rolled in the middle of that bell curve a, a bunch of times and just kind of got good at skills slowly. Yeah, I just while kept peeling potatoes. Plus one to a skill. Yeah, and nothing happened. It's uh, it's weird. It's just it's got the same weird bug to it where travel the traveler does where the characters you end up generating feel like they should be like retirees. Oh yeah. It- Traveler is very much the space RV retiree simulator. Yeah. And in this, depending on how you roll, you very well could end up with that, too. Yeah. So, uh, like we mentioned, there's ranks that you can be. There are three sets of different ranks that you can get. Actually, I think there's something like nine, because you have the Tog, the Commonwealth, and the Renegade Legions, and all three of them all have armies and navies and so on. Yep. And so all of them all have variant rank structures, with Tog having a very Roman one that runs from, like, you know, I'm a leg... I'm a... a, uh, a Praetor or a Legate or a Lictor. Uh, and the other one, the uh, Renegade Legion using more military American terms. Yeah. Uh, and then Commonwealth using military British terms, uh, which is oh so fun to deal with. And as if that wasn't enough fun, the next thing that happens is a, is the middle third of the book is given over to uh, flowcharts. Man, there is... I mean, I wouldn't say the middle third. Honestly, the middle half of this book is just equipment. Yeah. But there is this flowchart of half. like... Yeah, the middle half. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. I, I, sure. There's the front there's and a back. Quarter. There's the quarter each on the front and the back, and then the middle two quarters is... Yeah. Sure, the fine. The middle half. Yeah, all right, whatever. Uh, uh, uh. Don't you show me the finger. Don't uh, you... Don't, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Work oh, for it. Oh, work oh, for oh, it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you have fucked up. Your father will hear of this. <laughs> I wonder what my dad would do if he were like, hey, John flipped me off. He'd probably be like, okay. <laughs> I'm sure you deserved it. <laughs> I'm going to tell on you. <laughs> I, want call- to, I want you to tattle to my dad. <laughs> call your your dad up there, wherever he is, and be like, look, your your son, who is in his mid-30s, showed me, uh, flipped me the bird. And I want to know what you, as his father, are going to do about this. <laughs> what recompense do you plan to give? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I, I assume that you're going to walk him over here by the ear and have him deliver to me an apology. An apology that he will definitely sigh and roll his eyes at. Shuffle his feet around. Ugh. I'm sorry I flipped you off. Ugh, I'm mm. sorry I flipped you off. I'm sorry Ugh. you're such a jerk. It made me flip you off. Ugh. Ugh. Now, son. <laughs> uh, I never had to do that. Someone had to do that to me, though. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I, th- I think we talked about that fairly recently, that someone had to show up and apologize to you. Yeah, because they broke my wrist. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I broke my own goddamn wrist. I didn't have to give myself an apology. Oh, I broke my own damn wrist, and then someone else broke the other wrist. Oh, that's I good. I mean, not, not Concurrently right, one at the right same time. the other. <laughs> Both my wrists is broke. Oh, no. Is that why you still, to this day, masturbate with your feet, mostly? Oh, mostly. Yeah, yeah because, you know... It, with well, that, with- that and because I am, of course, a, f- a fetish master of foot. That's why Tarantino is always after me. My lucky charms. <laughs> Make movies about John. <laughs> He's trying to do a documentary about me, and I just won't have it. Anyway, the flowcharts are just basically how legions are broken down into, into military smaller chunks, you know? And it's just page after page of information that might be interesting if you had meant to buy a book about how old Roman legions w- would be constructed if they are made of space vehicles. But if you're trying to figure out what your individual character does, they are not of particularly great. There is... No information. Like, the book in the back has uh, a couple pages of random encounters. Mm-hmm. And I, when I say a couple, I do mean, like, literally two pages of random encounters. Yes. And that's about all that it kind of gives you. It'll be like, oh, are you wandering in the wilderness? You find a, a plant 
Okay. What if I roll on the, like, outskirts of the bell curve? You find an entire platoon, and you're like, the fuck did you say? What am I going to do with that? <laughs> I mean, this game honestly has a bit of an identity crisis in, in the form of what you're supposed to be doing in it and so on. After you get through all the uh, the military organization and breakdown, you get to the skill section. Uh, the game doesn't have too many skills, and the skill system is fairly simple to to uh, to interact with. The way the game works is to make a what they call a saving throw for some reason. Anytime you'd like to accomplish a task that you aren't trained in, you roll a number of d10s as determined by the DM. Yeah, uh, whatever and- the difficulty is, that's how many more... D10s you have to roll. And you have to roll under your stat in total. So if you have like a 12 IQ and someone gives you a moderately challenging task, then you need to roll under 12 on 2D10. Uh, skills just add a little bit of numbers to your stat. So if you if instead of doing that, of just having to uh, make a moderately difficult random intelligence task, it was you're playing chess. You're going to roll, uh, and you've got a skill of 3 in chess. You roll 12, which is your IQ, plus 3 or, or, or uh, less on a number of D10s. Yeah. And that's all skills are. Uh, the the when you get to combat, it switches from a random number of d10s to one d10 for every single roll. Yeah, although it's still like the weird uh, oppo- opposed roles here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they had to just be like, okay, so I, I can tell you why. Why? It, oh, because, because it's the, based it's based on a board game. Yeah, I yeah. just realized because of the dumb fucking board game. Because the whole game, this book is completely compatible with all three of those board games. You're supposed to be able to import import your character from this onto a board game and play there as well. Ugh. Uh, but the hand to hand seems fairly normal for what you'd see in a game. It's just all right. You take your sk- stat and skill. You compare it against their stat and skill. Whatever the difference is is basically going to be what you're trying to hit for your target number. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you always hit on a one. You always miss on a ten. Yeah. And which the book says gives you a ten percent chance of a hit or failure, or, or a uh, automatic hit or failure, which isn't true. It gives you a ten percent chance of either of those things. Collectively, it gives you a twenty percent chance of eat either. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. That's just that's just lexicography, and I'm fine. <laughs> Everyone's fine with syntax today. Uh, but the ranged combat is real deadly because yes. there is no stat or skill you can use to get out of the way of getting hit by a bullet. Mm-hmm. So normally you'd be like, oh, someone's trying to punch me. I've got an agility of like 12 and I've got uh, martial arts of four so I can parry this dude's punch with a yeah. 16 and I can parry it against his. Yeah. Great. When you're talking about someone shooting you, they're like, oh, I take my dexterity plus whatever my gun skill is, and fuck you. Yes, although that means we have to talk about the initiative system in this game, which is particularly confusing. Um, Well, all you need to do is roll a d10. Yeah. Add it to your speed. Yeah. And then check against someone else. So here's the thing about the initiative system in this game. You do have one. You roll a d10 plus speed, and lower numbers go first. Uh I'm sorry, higher numbers go first in the case of initiative. Yeah. Uh, and then you that only buys you the right to describe what you do first uh, because everyone goes simultaneously. Uh, that's all it does. It, 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 but, but fear not. That means that if you happen to shoot someone because you rolled a high initiative and you kill them, then they still get their shot at you because you go simultaneously. It, it's just who gets to describe what happens. But the next paragraph is preempting. 
preempting is when you would like to go before someone else. It has nothing to do with your initiative role. You choose one person you would like to preempt, and you make an opposed roll against them. And if you succeed, you get your attack off before they do, and they half their agility for the purposes of determining whether or not you hit. Uh, and also, other people are all constantly trying to preempt you, and that's the game. That's So, initiative determines who gets to describe who goes first. Who actually gets to go first is determined by making surprise attempts at each other. Yeah. It... <sighs> It makes the initiative roll just really pointless, like a very stupid, and I don't know why you do it. It's a very unusual decision. It is, I don't exactly, I mean, like I was saying, the game feels very much like it's from a completely offshoot uh, offshoot uh, world of game design that doesn't make any sense to us. It's like, it's so weird. The fact that they call them basic IQ checks and so on, saving throws. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole thing about the types of gameplay you might participate in, which are divided into two. One of them is called the shoot and loot. Yeah, which is your standard murder hobo. You play, And it's like, yeah, perhaps you simply run around on a planet, killing everyone you encounter and seeing if they have any good treasure. And I'm like, wait, isn't every single person in this game part of a complex military subsystem? Well, I mean, if you just go to some random non-military planet... Yeah, but even then, it's like, you're not supposed to just... Uh, I, I mean, I guess all three of them could just have random pirates that are serving under their flags, but but if you're like, ah, we've landed on this random planet, I kill the bartender and take his $5. Except at that point, you're like, man, I really hope that the brass doesn't hear about this because you literally cannot make a character that isn't in a uh, army, navy branch somewhere yeah. now the other type of gameplay suggestion that they run they, they say that oh most players don't uh, are uh, unused to this one but this is a, a semi-popular form of gaming called the character run everyone knows what the character run is uh. so a character run is basically when you sit around bullshitting at each other uh for, it's basically role-playing it's like uh, perhaps your session is more role-playing than combat now it does go on to say that a lot of role-playing sessions will be combinations of the two things but yeah, they're like the character run. For example, says the author of the book, I played in a game once where we landed on a random planet and we had no idea what was going on there, but everyone there thought that we were convicted criminals who were soon to be executed, and they were none too fond of us. Huh. No one would tell us what was going on, so finally, in an attempt to test the mettle of the DM, I marched into the nearest bar of de- uh, the nearest rowdy bar that was a den of iniquity, kicked a chair out from somebody, and then ordered a round of bing- drinks on the house for the house assuming that my na- nasty reputation would carry me through this. After it worked, I asked everyone in the bar to eulogize me and my mates to uh, try and figure out what the heck was going on. And they did. And then the story continued. Great. So it's just you know, some freeform role play. It's yeah. what's known as the character run. Yeah, I, I still wish that in the examples that this writer gave, he would say, what the fuck they were doing there in the first place? Yeah, like how do they? Why they're part of a military unit? You can't not be. Like, why were they on some planet that then thought they were criminals? And why didn't the rest of their unit show up and be like, "Yeah, hi, we're <laughs> we're the like five hundred and seventy first paratroopers." Uh, turns out you've got our guys uh, wrongly imprisoned. Please let them go. Yeah. Now, there are seven alien races you can play as in this game as well. And one thing I will give it, they are weird alien races for yep. the most part, yeah. except for the one shitty, we are just sexy humans race. So yeah, it's got six monsters and one race of sexy humans. How sexy? Why one of their racial skills is seduction. And of course, they get a bonus to their charisma because they're sexy, mm-hmm. and they're the only 
alien race in the galaxy that humans can breed with. Mm-hmm. Great. So it's got the one race of hot targets that they're supposed to be given away. They're basically the elves of like second edition D and D era, where you're like, "Ooh, I'm going to score with sweet elf chicks. They're skinnier than ladies than, than regular human ladies. <laughs> they're just like the they're the uh, the projection fantasy car- race to put into the game." Which is weird because the only picture of them is of like a sexy or a not especially sexy old looking bearded dude. Yeah, there's the the picture of a guy from the Naram uh-huh. is like, oh, this just looks like some guy that I don't know, probably wants to tell me about history or something. He looks like like a history professor. Yeah, some kind of professor. He's got that like white bit in the middle of his beard. Yeah, it looks like he might be an evil hypnotist. Yeah. He could he could go either way. Yeah, it's one <laughs> or the other. <laughs> either he's a regular old history professor, or he invented a machine that will steal all the color from the purple berries. <laughs> oh no, the purple berries—they <laughs> taste like burning. <laughs> um, the other alien species are the Baufrin, and the Baufrin are the weird insect dudes. Yeah, they're, they're big centaurs, spider centaurs. Uh huh. And I, I love them because they do just look fucking nasty bug men yeah and every race gets a bunch of bonuses and penalties to the starting stats uh for example a baufring get a bonus to agility a bonus to constitution and like most of these alien races a big whopping penalty to charisma yeah because they are ugly to humans because the game is supposed to be human centric uh now it does have a little sidebar where it's like you know obviously in a situation where a baufring meets another baufring they don't all think each other are ugly and gross so you might need to reverse that charisma bonus or penalty into a bonus for Baufrin on Baufrin discussion. And I was like, so wait, you, do you mean reverse it or eliminate it? Because I, I feel like if I reverse it, then it's, all you're saying is every Baufrin is super hot to every other Baufrin. <laughs> that's, and that's an interesting distinction. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're like, yeah, everyone else in the universe is just super horny for their own species. You're like, oh, all right, well, except I guess. For, except for Narams. Yeah, Naram are just like, eh, we're just super horny normally. <laughs> we're super horny for humans, but and everyone else thinks we're hot most of the time. So after the Balfrin, which are cool lizards, uh, or sorry, bug centaur, you've got the Kesrith, which is uh, another centaur species. It's the centaur with a rhino slash. It's a cent- it's a rhino body and a T Rex head. Yeah. Um, and they look. The, the reason these are kind of hard to describe is because there's like one picture of all of them in the whole book. Yeah. The uh, the back of it does have a good color picture thing for everyone. Yeah. So you've got. Weirdly enough, I want to say. They don't follow a lot of the things. Like when you look at the Balfrin, instead of being a spider, it, it kind of looks more like centipede ish, but whatever. Yeah. It's also kind of looks like that dog from Ghostbusters. <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> uh, but yeah, you've got another centaur guy in the Kesrith. Yeah, which look kind of like if a T Rex and a gorilla had a baby and it was a rhinoceros centaur. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the Manel Vigorians, which are. Three-eyed muscle birds. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going to say triocular, a per- uh, uh, blue shellless turtle fellas. Yeah, I mean, sure. Either way, they've yeah. got that beak. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got your Sora, or short for Saurians, because they're all just dinosaur dudes. They're they're boring lizard men, but they do have funky hands. Yeah. Uh, you've got your Valvasar, which are four-armed, stocky... Toad men? Yeah, with uh, hammerhead shark heads. Yeah, they're very weird, and I kind of like them. Uh, me too. Uh, and then, of course, we have our Zog. Zog are just gorilla guys with, like, three fingers. 
Yeah, and they're the one that, that can most efficiently get along with humans outside of Naram. Them and the Sora tend to be good friends with humans yeah, or now, work well in, in human militaries. The worst thing is, you look at the Zog picture, That's there are two that mm-hmm. you can get, one right after the other, and one straight up just looks like they say on the tin, it's a fucking gorilla man. You're like, yeah. great. And then you look at the other one, and it is just like an ugly dude with a weird haircut. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean, he is, I mean, let's be clear, he is a very ugly dude. But yeah, he is. He does not. <laughs> he doesn't look like a gorilla. There's no gorilla there. He just looks like someone fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like he just lost every genetic lottery. Is what this guy looks like. He's got that early '60s bar- uh, Marvel bad guy hair, where they were still like every bad guy is basically Irish. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. The <laughs> he kind of looks like a, also like a high res rendition of what Mo Sislak from The Simpsons looks like. Ah. If they did one of those ultra close up high definition things yeah. that like Ren and Stimpy would do, yeah, yeah, that's the, the that's what that picture. <laughs> if John Crickfalusi were to draw Mo Sislak, this is what it would look like. <laughs> and now, eventually, in the book, you do. Oh, uh, there's a huge chunk of the book given over to inscrutable uh, equipment. Just just page after page after page of here's a gun, here's a different gun, here's a slightly different gun. Yeah. Oh. And then uh, you get into the uh, like vehicles, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, here's a light vehicle. Here is a different light vehicle. Well, part, let's continue on. Part of the whole DNA of this game is that you can tell it's the uh, it wants you to integrate it into their uh, uh, Renegade Legion's interceptor, which I believe is a fighting uh, a fighter ship simulator game, like, like board a dog game fighter. Yeah, because there's like twelve pages of fighter ships in this. There's like a good uh, full dozen individual fighter aircraft that you can fly in the game. Yeah. Uh, and then there's rules for that kind of stuff. There's a whole section on combat between fighter ships that's all like uh, juke rules and how to play chicken with people and how dodging works and 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 uh, what happens if your ship loses a wing and all this other stuff, uh, which th- when you get to the how to play the game, it's like, maybe you'd like to play dogfighters. If you do and you like this level of granularity, stay here. Otherwise, you build your character, give them a spaceship, and then just go play Renegade Legion Interceptor. Huh. Yeah, it, I, I don't think I've ever liked any RPG that's been an integrated bit to another game. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. mean, like when you looked at the uh, the old Prime Directive thing, and you're like, oh, you could play some dumb nonsense with this, and we've got an army game that goes along with it. Yeah, this might be the third game we've talked about that works this way. There was some other game that was like, uh, also you could do fights with uh, the miniatures. Space 1899, I want to say, did that. Uh, because you the, uh, get in the airship combat between the uh, in the airships that go to Mars and stuff. Yeah, I want to say in like Living Steel they had that shit or something. Yeah, I think there was uh, some plus, mech game that had that shit. Yeah, yeah. We're, oh, oh, one of the BattleTech type games yeah. that we've done. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, but yeah, every time that happens, I'm just like, uh, I don't, I don't care. Like, obviously, what should be happening if I'm buying this is I do actually care because the only reason I bought this is because I play these old games. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it, 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 the thing is, you see this excessive granularity and these, uh, followed by these things that should be granular but aren't because they aren't in a, in a different game. Like, in a board game, it's less relevant whether or not two dudes trying to punch each other successfully punch each other because you're looking at the game from a larger scale. But here, to make the, the, it compatible, you keep that single D10 roll when every other roll you make is on two to six D10. And it's just like, the reason that it's a 1d10 roll to see whether or not you can punch people, of course, is for transparency between this and three other board games that exist. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't like it as a concept. I like the idea of having inter-property things. Like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If you want to have a game 
that's like, oh, I've got this board game. I'm, you know, if Gloomhaven wants to have an RPG, great, good for them. But do not try and integrate your dumb bullshit into the normal game. Yeah, yeah. Is Gloomhaven working on an RPG? No. They do have a different uh, game called Founders of Gloomhaven. Oh, that's right. And, Isn't uh, that more like a city management board game, though, or something? It is, it is much more of a... Uh, like worker placement, city building right. type game. Yeah, oh, I'll tell you one that's a good example. Sentinels of the Multiverse has a uh, an R- RPG, an coming. RPG coming soon. Yeah, and w- God knows that's not going to be integrated with the game because you can't. The, it would be almost impossible. Although apparently the things that they've released about it so far are just the stats for playing as the heroes that exist already. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. So anyway, I'm excited to see what they do with it. I'll be very curious. Yeah, but please, if you're going to make a property into an RPG, don't have it try to also follow the rules of your other property. Yeah. yeah I so. don't need that. It, no it, one yeah. needs that. It, it doesn't really feel necessary. I mean, it, it does. It, it's neat when you're reading through this game to be like, oh, cool, I can take my character and put him into a, a larger world of the board game. Um, but you can also do that by just naming one of the random units on the board game after your character and having fun that way. Yeah. I don't it, know. It doesn't need to have the extra yeah. integration. I mean, ultimately, this game's got some cool alien races that I'm a fan of. They've got some interesting design characteristics to them, but mostly it still boils down to, well, Kesrith are big, so they have to pay 50% more to buy any armor. Nah. And also, they're angry all the time, which is why they're, because they, they have T-Rex heads, and that's not fun. Or so, <laughs> um, Boy, howdy, it's not fun to have a T-Rex head. <laughs> Let me tell you. It's not fun to have a T-Rex head at Christmas. <laughs> That's one of my favorite chipmunk songs. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, real classic. Right up there with Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is to not have a T-Rex head. <laughs> and Dominic, the T-Rex head guy, Itali- Italian donkey. The T-Rex he- headed Italian Christmas donkey. <laughs> la, la, la. La, 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 la. Okay, so... I mean, ultimately, though, I'm this isn't my kind of game because there's not a whole lot of the fantastic sci-fi stuff that I like. You're still making soldiers who are like, I'm in the chain of command, and I'm a legate. And, or, or, uh, but there's no psychic powers. There's no magic. There's not a, there's a lot of hard sci-fi for how... Um, actually, one of the, the few things I actually kind of liked in the, in the sci-fi was there's a big section on how interstellar travel works. Yeah. Uh, about, like, ships have to be going the following speed to be able to enter the T dimension, which is the dimension perpendicular the, the to our British own. The British are at. <laughs> <laughs> then we take their T dimension and throw it in the harbor. Yeah, I know, the harbor dimension. A, the, the, uh, the game has a warp system that's basically like there's another dimension parallel to ours, and you can go faster if you're over there. But the longer you're over there, the longer you can't go back in there because you pick up something called Tau Shimmer. Uh, while you have Tau Shimmer from having traveled through hyperspace, your character is literally glowing. Uh, and if they take enough Tau Shimmer, they'll explode. <laughs> um, and, and the amount, the way uh, it, the, the calculation is for every hour you spend in hyperspace, you have to spend one hour not in hyperspace. Great. So basically, they say, like, if you'd like to travel from a, a, this part of the galaxy to this part of the galaxy, it'll take you 15 months. Uh, seven and a half of those months are just recovering from Tau Shimmer. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, it, it's it's interesting sci-fi. It's fun to read about, but it's not very great for gameplay. Uh, to I mean, it, it mostly just kind of stops you from wanting to cr- travel all the way across the galaxy. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's some interesting world building. Yeah, it's fun. But, again, there's nothing in here that's like, what do I, as a player... Do. Well, we hit this all the time. This is a wall we run into r- game after game where the person who wrote it is some sort of big military dork. Oh, yeah. Well, this is just weird Roman military fetishism. Yeah. And they were like, ooh, I know a lot about like weird Roman 
army stuff. I'm going to make an RPG where it's that, but in space. Yeah. And that's all they cared about. And they were like, yeah, everyone else will also love this shit because I love it. I'm like, dude, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. Like, even if I loved weird Roman military nonsense. And flowcharts. You got to love flowcharts. Even if I was like, oh, boy, I love knowing, like, how many talons are in a legion. You're like, okay, but but then what? But, yeah. like, what, is my, what does my guy do? Oh, uh, he's a soldier. Okay, but what does that mean? Oh, well, this high-ranking military guy ordered this different military guy in a, in a unit that's adjacent to his unit but not below it to order your unit's uh, commander to order your unit to order your platoon to order your squad to, to go into the jungle and investigate for lictors. But you had to know about all that other stuff first or else this wouldn't make any sense. Also, when you go out there, there's going to be, like, 25 of you that are doing this. Uh, so you have to hang around with, 20, well, 21 NPCs. Yeah, it's just, it's real weird. I mean, the thing is, there there is room for a game like this, a game where you're part of a larger military, but it should be about examining that. You know, it should be more, it should be more Full Metal Jacket and not like, this military works perfectly and you're a part of it and do, the, do your job. I, I would say that if it was something like you are collectively in charge of a platoon or some shit Mm -hmm. and that's what your group is doing yeah then i would say great awesome i love it do that but the fact that you have to make one guy and there is no like special forces stuff in here no the closest is intelligence if you're in intelligence then you're in squads of like four yeah and it's (laughs) like maybe one of your guys will be yeah but then you're looking at a group where it's what is this? Oh, we got three dudes that are just fucking Marines, one guy in intelligence, and what's the story here? Yeah, it's, like I said, it's a problem we run into when we run into these military structure games, where the the uh, they do a great job of developing this military structure and coming up with rank rules and things you have to roll on to, and chain of command type stuff, and then right when they get to the part where, where it's what, what do you do, they kind of revert back to knowing how to play Dungeons and Dragons, and that's all. They're just like, uh, maybe you'd like to go on a, a shooting loot adventure where you run around and blast aliens and take their treasure. And, and you're like, I would, but what treasure? What I'm in a Roman legion in what? space. Which alien? Like, did I go AWOL it's to so, do it, this? It's, it's a weird thing you see in games from the late 80s, early 90s. And, and, you know, it's not like it's dead or anything, where people take the basic core concept of, of old role-playing games, dungeon crawling, and then change everything but it, and then assume that you'd still go dungeon crawling. Yeah. Like, like well, I, I'm a space Roman military fighter pilot, and I need to go into that dungeon and fight a bugbear. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking weird, and I wish that it wasn't like this, but who cares, because it's not like I'm ever going to play this game. <laughs> Ooh, no, spoiler alerts for when you ask me if I would play this game. We're at the 54-minute mark. I might as well. Hey there, John. You ready to do the part of the ga- the the, uh, the episode where we... Oh, by the way, there's also a thing in the skill system that IQ is super important for because skills are ranked by the minimum IQ to have them. Yes. Just wanted to put that out there. With some weird ones like cryptography requires a 17 or something, uh, which they use an example of a person trying to solve a basic, simple substitution cipher. Uh, the kind of shit you solve in that magazine you buy at the airport. Yeah, the kind of shit that you get like a book of and just do yeah you're like oh boy not I- because you're super smart but because that's the sort of shit you do just to pass the time yeah you're like uh i got nothing to do on this airplane i may as well solve one of these 
Yeah, so it's weird that they didn't account for the fact that simple substitution ciphers and like cryptography could easily describe the the act of speaking pig Latin. Oh. Like, uh, but but you can't figure that shit out unless you have a 16 IQ. Fuck yeah, yeah. I I assume that cryptography in that universe would also include spelling bath so that your toddler doesn't pick up on it. Cryptography in that universe is yeah. all spelling bees. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. John, what what would you say was your favorite thing about this game? Uh, I I would definitely say the best thing in the game is the alien races. Yeah, they're good. Uh, anytime you've got a sci-fi thing that doesn't just go, uh, there's humans, there's blue humans, there's warrior culture humans, there's there's uh, humans with ridges and they're angry, there's humans without ridges and they love peace, uh, uh. there's one guy who's big and strong there is one guy who is sneaky and small there's a psychic one like they don't really do much of the tropes like even having something like what is this oh this is the weird bug centaur oh does that mean that they're all like honorific in a hive mind or something like no we're just fucking dudes they have their own thing to them and even the kesrith for example which are the the aggressive ones they're supposed to be like what are you oh i'm a rhino rhino t-rex rhino ape and it's like yeah they are kind of more angry than most but they have uh, interesting military doctrines dedicated to being slow and precise it was interesting stuff to read yeah they didn't go for the like the easy tropes no for the races and i very much appreciate that. but by the same token when you create races that are cra uh, crazy like that it's hard to hire artists to draw them for you so other than their one so you get things like this guy looks like a gorilla nope this guy looks like uh an ugly dude that got hit in the face with a bat yeah and, and you get around it by just filling the book with pictures of boring humans yeah well yeah that happens yeah so uh so there you go that was my favorite thing jeff Hmm? What's your favorite thing? I I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. I, I know, oh, I we, know, I know. We should pick two different favorite things, but the best thing about this book was the cool alien races. And I mean, no, it is 100 percent true. There's no getting around it. Every, I mean, I, I definitely kind of liked some of the descriptions of the fighter jets and stuff. I was reading through that because I thought oh, it was yeah, neat. You are a nerd. Yeah. Oh, the thing I found hilarious in that section though was the the section on just ground vehicles, like just cars. Yeah. Because there's a picture of like the basic car that everyone has, and it's the size of a goddamn RV. <laughs> Because uh, it's all sci-fi. It's yeah. got like big sweepy chunks all over it. And it's got three wheels. It seats five comfortably. And it's fucking enormous. It's it's twice the length of a modern like alley uh, or a uh, lane in a on a road. Twice the width of one. Nice. It's just stupid. It, when, you, when you take into account how big it is, you're like, wait, what happened? Are roads huge in the future? Yeah. Well, I mean, in the future, uh, you don't need to worry about it. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But parking lots are still all smaller every year. Well, yeah, because you need to pave paradise yeah to, to put, put up a parking lot <sighs> so anyway john ah! i'm gonna tell your dad you flipped me off again <laughs> i think eventually if i tell him enough he'll he'll do something about it yeah i'm pretty sure he'll block your number <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm driving up there oh <laughs> every time i'm knocking on the door every single time and I, you know what? i'm gonna bother him at his work to make it even more embarrassing yeah. he's a he's a lutheran pastor how many lutheran uh how many possible lutheran churches could there be in that neighborhood i'll find out i'll just go to each one individually until i find him and i'll have to try and remember what he looks like because i've only met him the once <laughs> uh and then yeah i'm gonna complain about you flipping me off yeah 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 i mean obviously i'll just find the one where the the pastor there matches your last name yeah that's gonna be the easy way to do it that'll be the super best way yeah so okay what would you say is your least favorite thing about this game you goon <laughs> you fucking goon <laughs> uh 
I'm going to say the worst thing in this, because we've just been harping on it, is there's nothing to do here, or at least nothing specific. In some of the military games, it has been set up as, yeah, you are currently fighting such and such campaign, and maybe you'll be sent out to the front lines, uh, maybe you'll need to do this type of a mission, and they'll give you ideas mm -hmm. of what type of thing that your character would need to do. Right. But this, like, it gives you a vague threat. They're like, oh, yeah, the Terran overlord government is kind of nasty, but maybe you're in it. Yeah. And there's no, like, big current specific war that you'd need to be like, yeah, these are the front lines you'll go to, and this is that. The fact that even they couldn't think of anything more than, I don't know, maybe you just go to a planet and kill people and take their stuff. Like, you've set up a, a universe here where I'm an actual dude with a job, and the idea that I would just go AWOL, hit some random planet in a galaxy, and murder people for their things seems odd. Yeah, it does. It's it's weird. It's it's pretty early it's it's early rpg design which is weird for 1990 yeah I'm they like, were better at this by then this only works in D because what i'm killing is monsters like if i go kill a fucking like aboleth or whatever no one's like oh man that's weird that guy yeah this <laughs> game didn't really part have of the local government yeah this game didn't really have monsters in it, it you'd be off killing other sentient alien races i guess exactly so it's not like oh we had a bestiary section where yeah, you can find some weird alien dragon analog that has a hoard of treasure. You're like, nope. I mean, I guess because there's the the whole game is supposed to be about how there's three factions. That if you just go to a planet owned by another faction and just go do do a little looting and pillaging, then that's uh that's war crimes, my dude. I, I guess, but maybe they don't have like a, a, a you know a Geneva Convention or whatever in the in the far future. No Hags around here. They just have whatever Rome had. Ah. Uh. Hmm. Uh, thigh-based gay sex. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, so the fact that there is no idea of what to do to interact with this world that yeah. they have built is my least favorite thing. Fair Jafe. enough. Uh, I'm going to go with all of those. The, the, the large amounts of this book that are given over to things that wouldn't be useful for the DM or the player, the flowcharts are, are probably the most obvious example military of it. wankery just military wankery i mean do you need to know even as the dm that the rank four ranks above yours in this big legion unit has a special custodial unit attached to them probably not no you don't need to know that why would you it's just it's just some four-year information type stuff that would be better served in a book that's not supposed to be the the core book about how to run this game yeah so i i mean like i, I would be less angry about something like that if the book included good information, yeah, it was like, oh, there's everything I need is in here, and then they also included these charts. I'd be like, all right, I don't need to look at those, but I've got everything else I need. But it didn't include everything, and then also this bullshit. Plus, they're stuck like midway into the in, through the character creation rules. Oh yeah, as if you're gonna need to know that shit. You're like, oh, you just determined what rank you are. Well, let me show you some flowcharts of different militaries. Uh, yeah, Did you so know that if you're in this grouping? Then uh, with them, you'll have a side grouping of custodial units and then also uh, a friendly unit of air troopers. And you're like, okay, but what? Yeah. So uh, that's all of those things that are relevant. John, would you play this game? No. 
I would be amazed if someone was running this game. I'd be like, all right, um, what are we doing? I don't know. Maybe the board game. I, I, I guarantee you the board game still have some avid players out there somewhere. I don't know about this one, but I bet you there's still some people out there playing Interceptor. And, 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 uh, I'll bet you no. You think, those are, you think these are all dead? Yeah, I mean, I would say like a good 99% of the old like Avalon Hill fucking... Well, uh, this is Fossa. Little, oh, I know. I'm saying those are the the like the bog standard. Uh, you have little squares of cardboard that you have to put on a thing, and you track like troop movement on a sheet and all that shit. Like those games are dead. Yeah, they they you don't see them as much as you used to. Like they only exist for collectors. I mean, you see them at cons, but it's like one table is running them, and it's a bunch of people who normally run historicals. And even then, it's the people who are running that do normally not run that. They normally run modern-day historical yeah. stuff. So instead of using little pieces of cardboard, they're actually running a good system that makes sense and uses, you know, like miniatures and looks cool on a table rather than I have a map grid and I put a little square on it. Yeah. So I also probably wouldn't play this. It's just not my type of game. But I do want to throw one last special uh, credit out to the game. The cover is rad as hell. Uh. I don't know if you took a good look at the cover, but it's like... A, a be-mulleted powered uh, gun dude standing on a slightly askew hover tank firing wildly into the air. It is really cool. You can't do what he's doing in the game. Oh, I mean, you probably could, but then you'd get drummed out of the core for it. Yeah, but it is a great cover. I'm a fan of that. So there you go. Uh, neither of us would play this one. Yeah, no, there's no reason for me to. So there you have it. Also, that is- I'm not into military wankery, so even if it had usable rules, I wouldn't care. Mm, yeah. Uh, and John, apropos of nothing, I now would like to use this time to suddenly cut for an obvious change of uh, of uh, mic equipment and, and day that we're recording and let some uh, ads for the One Shot Network play. System Master, of course, is part of the One Shot Podcast Network, which you can find at OneShotPodcast.com. And uh, today we're going to welcome aboard our newest member to the network. You can find at OneShotPodcast.com, the Broadswords. Ahoy! Welcome! Yeah, welcome aboard. The Broadswords is... The Broadswords. The Broadswords. The Broadswords. (laughs) What time of day does Sean Connery arrive at Wimbledon? (laughs) Noonish. Close enough. The Broadswords is an all-women D&D <laughs> podcast focused on drama, role-play, and subverting stereotypes. Join the Broads as they unravel the mysteries of Snowy Rashomon, a land ruled by witches and steeped in superstition. Berserkers reign and spirits roam the frozen wastes. Hilarious? Uh, Hilarious. Hilarious, Kella, and Mepri all have their own reasons for journeying north, but they soon find they have something in common. They are pawns. In a divine plot. Indeed. And that plot is... Murder. Murder most foul. Most foul. Most foul indeed. What time does Sean Connery commit murder? I don't know, but it's hilarious. (laughs) Find that at the One Shot Network. That's the Broadswords at OneShotPodcast.com. Well, boy, howdy, that didn't break the flow at all. Nope, not even a little bit. That's I, I think everybody uh, just felt that just natural progression, like waves coming in and going back out. Oh, yeah, that mm-hmm. was uh, that was real good, real natural. Yeah, absolutely. That was all natural. All smooth. <laughs> that was all natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, all day long, all music, no commercials. All ding dong, all day long. Okay. All, ding, my, all, all that, ding dongs, all day long. Yep. I don't know if that's talking about penises or the, the, the hostess the, ding dong, the ho- the hostess tasty treat. But either way, maybe it's a penis in one of those. 
Uh, how could it not be? How could it not be? In in what universe is there not a penis in one of those somewhere? Somewhere. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's like they say. It's five o'clock somewhere, and a guy's got his penis in a tasty hostess tree. It's always 420 somewhere, and some dude is fucking a Twinkie. <laughs> That's what they say. There's an old saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's... Uh, cut to the end of this bad boy thanks so much for listening as always if you like what you heard you might want to go and support us on patreon it's possible it unlocks more stuff we don't really want you to do it because you're uh you're just a fan of the work and want us to have some walking around money it's because you unlock more stuff this is transactional Nah, I you, want it because you love the craft. Oh, okay. i don't want you to even listen to the bonus content i want you to just give us money as a way to say thank you literal patronage I want like, you like medieval Renaissance era patronage. Exactly. Yeah. I want you to give us money because you're like, I want you to continue what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that art is being made in this world, in this, the year of our Lord, 2018. You gentlemen are out there creating art. No part of what we did in the last hour and six minutes could be called art. Art. You know what actually was art that we just did this? Ah. Oh, he flipped me off again. <laughs> Man, your dad's going to get such an earful. <laughs> Uh, uh, your son flipped me off also he said someone was fucking a ding dong (laughs) oh well that won't stand (laughs) i just have a huge in this house we fuck zingers (laughs) snowballs if we have to you know what i mean some snowballs (laughs) wait 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 wait, wait. also my dad is a brazilian troll for some reason uh indeed he is Anyway, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash system mastery and pledge at the $1 level to unlock bonus episodes of system mastery, where we will be making characters in this very game. Ah, this very game, sir. And if you support us at the $2 level, you unlock bonus content for our, our companion show expounded universe. And at the $5 level, you unlock the afterthought, a Ooh. monthly show where we uh, answer your questions, sort of, and talk about stuff, sort of, and it's a good time for everybody. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> it's completely worth the five bucks, though. We, we, oh, a 100%. Of, people seem to love that show. So I love that shit. It's one of my It's my favorite time of the of the month is when we record that bad yep, boy. That's our time of the month. That's and our, we love it. Our time of the month, our monthly, as we as it, as it were. Yeah, it's our visit from Aunt for Thought. <laughs> from, from Ant for Thought. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. We will see you in a few weeks with yet more System Mastery. And until such time as we do, I want each and every one of you to have a good week. And go fuck yourself. No, don't do that. Oh, or do if you're into it. 